welcome to church today. We stand here praising God because of the glorious day that he saved us. So let's lift our voices and sing it loud and praise him. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I made. I was breathing, but not. Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my turn till I made you call my name, and I read out that grave. I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. Go! 
I love that song because it's such a good picture of the joy and excitement we get from our relationship with God. You know, just like any other relationship, our relationship with God takes work. You know, we choose to spend time in the Word and in prayer because we want to know Him better. We choose to love Him and trust Him even when we don't feel like it because we know that He is steadfast. And we choose to praise Him even when we don't feel like it because what makes our relationship with God different from all the other relationships, He's perfect. He is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's the same God on your worst day that he was on your best day. We know he's always good. And so no matter how we're feeling, we can choose to praise him. Because our love for him is more than just our feelings. It's work. It's a choice. We know he is always worthy. He's always worthy of the praise, the honor, the glory. So we can always choose to worship him. I count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In no way The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out And yes, I Yeah. 
few sentences on why you would think someone might need to join a group at Calvary Baptist Church. What would you say to that? You just feel this this sense of completion of just like, I do belong. And it doesn't matter what your history is. It doesn't matter 
what you've been through, like we've all been through something and we get to live out scripture and the fact of God washes us clean and we get to go through that and talk about that week in and week out and then live that out um, as a community. Reading God's word and, and, and talking from a teaching aspect, but then hearing people talk about how they're experiencing allows us to do life together. And, you know, quite frankly, when you go through something like we've gone through, uh, you know, with this pandemic, I don't know how, I don't know how people get along without having God's word and in groups, quite frankly. So it's, it's, it's essential. I would say you'd have a family within a family there. I mean, just like uh, we have groups and we meet and if anybody, even if we're not meeting, if anybody needs anything, they throw it on our group and uh, we show up. Um, Steve Spence fell down, for example. He just threw it on the group. We had six men over there and we put that fence up in an hour or two. I mean, it's just like you have um, support. You have support in that group. It's a family within a family. It's nothing I've seen like it. I would agree with that. It's like our mission statement says, we're a family of faith. We're not meant to do life alone. Um, when we try to do things alone, it just gets really hard. And COVID has isolated us too much. Um, so it's good to have people by your side, good to have people to lean on, and uh, good to have people kind of bring you back to where you're supposed to be, point you to, to Christ. morning. How are you on this long weekend? You doing well? Welcome to all of you in the room. Welcome to our online family. Uh, I have a word for you today that I know is going to encourage you and build you up. Uh, Before we dive into the second part of the Healthy Living series, I want to take a moment uh, and speak to my friends this morning uh, that I know are battling sickness. And so uh, this is real. We understand that. A lot of you are being prayed for. And one of my dear friends this morning, uh, you're in the hospital, but you're going to win. Dude, you're going to beat it, and you will. And we are praying for you, and we're praying for your family, and you're going to overcome. Another dear friend in Houston uh, is spending time overcoming and battling cancer, and you're going to beat it. You will. And we're praying for you and your family as well. You are dearly loved. And faith is one of the most important things that we have when we walk through very difficult seasons of life. And so I know that many of you as well online, you've walked through challenges. You're walking through challenges. And you will overcome. You will. And by faith, we will do that. Because today, as we talk about whatever your battle is or your battle has been, we're going to talk about the most important part of who you are. You see, in our world, uh, people emphasize certain parts of who you are. But there's this phrase that has carried me through the last many months. And Jesus said it. You will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. 
And if we're not careful and we listen to the world and we listen to the noise and we look around, there are three components that people focus on and they miss the most important one that we're going to talk about today. They talk about, obviously, your physical health. And so you hear a lot about your physical health. How do we protect your physical health? How do we protect your body? Um, We talked last week about heart health. And some of you, that is your profession. Uh, You help others uh, maintain a healthy heart. And your heart is the center of your emotions. It is a part of who you are. Um, We give our hearts to love. And and that love, we've we've talked about how it can be expressed both in good and bad ways. Um, The heart is a part of it. Next week, we're going to talk about... Your mind. And your mind is an important part of staying healthy. Healthy living. And what do you do to protect your thoughts? How do you keep your thoughts lined up? We're going to talk about that. But this morning we're going to talk about the one part of your being that you cannot medicate. You cannot do surgery on. You cannot go to the gym and fix. There is no doctor that can prescribe something about this part of who you are. And as I introduced during this shutdown season of life and the challenge that many people have gone through, both in a pandemic and obviously in a political culture and in a personal culture and all the things that are going on, God made us to be human. And part of you being you and me being me is that we have been created with heart, with soul, with mind and with strength. That is who you are. You have been created in a fascinating way in the image of God. You bear the image of God. But here's the reality in our world, in our culture. People will tell you how to take care of your heart. People will tell you how to take care of your thoughts. People will tell you how to take care of your body. But in our world, by and large, there aren't very many people that will tell you how to take care of your soul. And your soul is your being. And what you give, who you give your soul to, it will determine everything. And Jesus, therefore, says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And today we're going to talk about the second piece. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. For your soul is your being. Today as we unpack this, spiritual health is the foundation as we talk about today. Because we're in a series, Healthy Living. And your spiritual health is the foundation of every other piece. Your spiritual health is the foundation for a healthy heart. Your spiritual health is a foundation for a healthy mind. And your spiritual health is a foundation for a healthy physical functioning in this world. It all originates within a healthy soul. And so the life lesson this morning, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The health of your soul. The health of your soul is the most vital component of your being. The health of your soul is the most vital component of your being. And it determines the course of every other part of who you are. The health of your soul, who you are as a being, 
It is the most vital component of your being, and it determines the course of every other part of who you are. Your soul is important, and I think part of my survival plan, one of my friends here in the church said, Pastor, you have been real during this season of life. And, and one of the things that I shared with him is I said, I, I am giving you... And I'm giving the church and I'm giving anyone who has ears to hear, let them listen, Jesus' survival plan for life. Here's Jesus' survival plan for your life. And love the Lord your God with all your heart. But today I want to talk about what it means to love the Lord your God with all of your soul. If it's important enough for Jesus to emphasize an Old Testament passage and bring it to the forefront in his life, I think it's pretty good for us today to survive anything that we're walking through. And so we want to talk about today the health of your soul. As we live our lives, our soul gets challenged. The reality of this season of life, it's challenged people physically. Um, it's challenged people mentally. It's challenged the hearts of people but what really happens, if we're not careful, is we will let things get into our soul. And when it gets into your soul, things in life can either feed your soul and therefore strengthen you as a being to overcome. Or they can darken your soul. They can make your soul dirty. And then you're in for a battle that is hard to win. Because what emanates out of your soul affects your mind, affects your heart, affects your body. Therefore, to get your soul cleansed and healthy, Jesus, when he says, love God with your soul, with your being, that is a key not only for survival, but for thrival, to be able to move forward with all that you are. And so in this, when I think about my soul, when I think about your soul, when I think about our soul and the health of our soul being the most vital component of who we are that nobody really is talking about in our culture today, but yet it is the key for how you are going to thrive and overcome everything. As we talk about the soul today, why does the soul matter? Why does it matter? Why does soul health matter? Well, I'm going to give you a few things, and then I want to talk to you about how to have a, self, a healthy soul. So why why first? Why, why will we talk about soul health as the most vital component of who we are as people? Well, number one, our soul matters more than anything else. Let that sink in for just a moment. Your soul matters more than anything else else. Your soul matters more than your heart health. Your soul matters more than your mental health. And your soul matters more than your physical health. Your soul is the most vital component of who you are. And it is the most important piece to God. How do we know that? Well, let me give you a few passages. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Jesus said this. A couple of stories he told, and it's important for us to grasp this. The first one, Matthew 16, 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for? For their soul. 
Jesus is telling a story, but this, this verse is the highlight of that parable that he's telling. And he asked that question, what good would it be for you as an individual, any of you, to gain the whole world, the best love, the best mental capacity, the best physical capacity, anything that you could fill your life with that you desire the most, and yet lose your soul? What good is it? And the implication is clear in Jesus' question to his audience back then. It's not good for anything. You could gain the whole world and lose your soul. And if you do that, you lose everything. What good would it be? What would someone give in exchange for their soul? Well, well actually, Jesus is highlighting one of our deficiencies as people. Because what do we do most of the time? We live our lives trying to gain all of the capacity in all of the other areas of life. And we neglect soul health. And if you gain everything else, what would you give in exchange for your soul? Well, a lot of people would give everything in exchange for their soul. But a lifetime is this, and an eternity is this. And to lose an eternity and lose your soul for an eternity on a lifetime of chasing things that will not last, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And Jesus emphasizes that. Listen, in this parable, he says, what good would it be? It wouldn't be very good at all. So soul health, it matters. He tells another story in the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. And he tells a story about someone who had accumulated everything that their physical life could desire in this world. They had claimed the riches. They had claimed the health. They had claimed the capacity. They had everything. They had it all. And Jesus tells this story. And I will say about this person, this person responding as Jesus tells this story. This person says to my soul, soul, you have many ample goods laid up for many years. Think if you haven't heard this or seen this or maybe express this in your own life. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, God said, you fool. <laughs> Wait a minute, come on God, you're offending me. You fool. This very night, your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with the one who lays up for himself or herself treasure. And the implication is treasure here on earth, but is not rich Toward God. Such it is with those who work so hard at the physical, the mental, the health, the capacity to accumulate here on earth. And yet, in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, the soul is forfeited. And even God, the Heavenly Father, would acknowledge how foolish would you be. Why? Because your soul matters more than anything else. Soul health, it's important. Why would we emphasize that? It matters more than anything else. Secondly, the reason soul health matters is our soul is the key to life. Our soul is the key to life. Now, now we are made in the image of God. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. But without the soul, there is nothing. And that, that's one of the great challenges for many people who don't have or don't want to have or don't believe in faith. 
Because there's this misnomer, this misconception that my heart is good enough, my mind is good enough, and my strength is good enough. But that's just not how we are made. We are made as beings. You're not just animals. We're not just flesh and bone and all of the things that make this work. No, there's something inside of you that makes you you. It's beyond intelligence. It's beyond your health. There's something inside of you that actually makes you alive. And all you have to do is a cursory glance at Scripture to understand this connection between your soul and who you are. Your soul and your being. And it goes back, we read this passage in our last series, but it goes all the way back to Genesis Chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. You and I, men and women, we as people are living souls. And what you will see from that moment in Genesis all the way through the rest of the Old Testament and into the New Testament is that when people would make an oath or a promise to someone else and they were really sincere about it, they would say, as my soul lives, I will. And then they would fill in the gap. It's awesome when you read through the Old Testament because there was this glimpse of how important the being was. As I am alive, so I will or I will not. People would make those promises to other people or they would make them to God. And if they were really serious about it, they would stake their being on it. As my soul lives, you go through it. You see that with Moses. You see that with Joshua. You see that with Abraham. You see that with the prophets and the kings. You see that with Elijah and Elisha. You see that rolling through. And then you roll into the New Testament. And in the New Testament, there is this revelation, this kind of shift in language to the power of the spirits. And even the Apostle Paul acknowledges that is the Holy Spirit that quickens and enlivens our fleshly spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that redeems and makes alive the spirit of us as a person. Your soul matters because it is the essence of your being. It is what's empowering your thoughts right now and your ability to process what God is saying to you through this word. It is what empowers your capacity to love, to feel love, to express love, it is your capacity to heal and when you go through difficult challenges to overcome. It is the wiring of your DNA and it is what drives your body physically. It is your being and it is the unseen. It's the most important. It is the part of your being that matters the most. And it is the one that we see less and the least. I mean, you can look and see the reflection of your heart, of your body. You can look and understand at times when you pin out words and so therefore you will know your thoughts, but your soul, that's what empowers all of it. And when God breathed life into you, into me, into us, he created us to be living souls. You are alive today, not because you breathe, but because God has quickened 
your soul. He has made your soul alive. And that is who you are, wherever you are, right now. That is what truly defines the course of your life and everything else. Your soul. Our soul is the key to life. But here's also why we need soul health. The third thing. Our soul, as we live and as we walk and as we do life in this world, as we experience different things, we need soul health because our souls have a tendency to get dark. Our souls have a tendency to get dirty. Our souls have a tendency to get cluttered. And if we're not careful with soul health, we will let the things of life anchor our souls in a negative way and pull us down to the depths of where we do not need to be and where God has not created us to be. In Scripture, what I love about Scripture is it tells the truth. It's not sanitized. Scripture tells you the truth about the souls of men and women. It tells you about their journey, their life experiences. And it tells you how they either succumbed to life's challenges, clutter, dirtiness, darkness, the challenges of life, the busyness of the world. Or it tells you how they overcome all of those things. And in Scripture... What you see is some of the expressions of why we need soul health. Because even like King David, he writes things like in Psalm chapter 3, Psalm chapter 6, verse 3. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, O Lord? How long? Do you notice what all he represents in that? He talks about his heart being faint. You can see that his thoughts are wandering. He talks about his bones, which is his physical body being in anguish because of something he was going through. But where does he know he really needs the word and the strength to come from? His soul. How long, O oh Lord, how long do I have to wait on your word to replenish and strengthen my soul. It's a moment of transparency from one of the great people in the Bible that teach us how to have faith. And that's important for you and I because the reality is, as we've even walked through this last season of life, there are moments where your soul gets really dark and heavy and cluttered and challenged. And by the way, for some of you, it wasn't this season of life. It was another season of life. And some of you, you've never experienced it, but it will happen. And when it happens, it's important for you to know how to get back to soul health. There's also another reflection in Psalm 31 verse 9. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body too. Do you see what David is doing right there? He's reflecting that this grief, that this challenge, that the weightiness of the world, it's affecting him physically, mentally, and it's affecting his soul. It's very important for you and I to understand that the soul is a part of your healthy being. And soul health is important. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Why, why is soul health such a problem? And why do so many people um, struggle so many times during life? Well, this is a great passage. Behold, as for the proud one, pride, 
as for the proud one. His, her, her soul, his soul is not right within him. But the righteous person will live by faith. You see that pride not acknowledging our need for help. And by the way, here's a key to soul health. Because in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Habakkuk is saying, you want to get the opposite of pride, of arrogance, of I've got this, I'll do that. You want to get the opposite? The righteous person, the one whose soul can be healed, whose body can be healed, whose mind can be healed, whose heart can be healed. The righteous person, they live by faith. And what is faith? Why is faith so key to having a healthy soul? Faith is the opposite of pride. Faith is the acknowledgement that someone else is in charge. And I place not my mental, my heart, my physical strength in their hands. But I place my soul in their hands. And that there is he. It is God. And when I place my faith in him, that is a key to undoing the pride that creates a dark soul in us, a cluttered soul in us, a distracted soul in us. Trusting in the Lord and overcoming pride and letting our soul health be important as we trust him, that's a key to moving out of darkness. But that's why it matters, because in life, our souls will get cluttered, they will get distracted, they will get dark, they will get discouraged, and you see that even in Scripture. And so you have to work to overcome that. I have to work to overcome that. We have to work to overcome that by faith. One more passage. Psalm chapter 56, verse 13. Look at what David also writes. For you have delivered, look at this, you have delivered what? My soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Now, this is a powerful psalm. I actually sent that to my friend who's in the hospital this week as my prayer for him. Because when our souls get dark, then our minds get dark, our hearts get dark, our bodies get dark, and we start to think dark things, feel dark things, go to dark places. That is not who you are as a living soul. And David writes this one and says, as I have trusted in you, you have delivered my soul from death. And the opposite of that is you've kept my feet from falling and I will walk with my God in the light of life. When your soul is healthy, you overcome the death, the darkness, the distraction, the clutter. When your soul gets healthy, you walk in the light of life. It's why the Bible says, I have experienced the goodness of my God in the land of the living. Don't you want to experience the goodness of God towards your soul in the land of the living? Or do you just want to wait till you die? Personally, I would rather have soul health where as a part of my being today, yes, I understand eternity, but too many of us are waiting on eternity to live. Don't wait on eternity to live. Get your soul healthy and experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that's what David writes here. Our souls get dark, but we have to learn to overcome that. One more thing. Why is soul health important? Why do we need to trust the Lord with our soul? Number four, only God can save our soul. See, that's the thing. People can 
fix your heart. They can help us with our thoughts. Um, we can work on our bodies. But only God can fix your soul. Only God can save your soul. Psalm 89 verse 48. What man, woman, can live and not see death? What person do you know that can live and not see death? I don't know of any, right? Can he or she save his soul or her soul from the power of Sheol? Now, Sheol in the Old Testament, I, I use that translation because I think it's very important. Sheol was the place of the dead. Um, it was their Old Testament understanding of where you went. And the implication is where you went if you were not right with God. It is this place that is not a good place. We fast forward in our understanding to the concept in the New Testament of hell. So who can save themselves from death? Much less, who can save themselves from the pits of hell? Not one person. I mean, just look around. Just take a survey of your life, of your thoughts, of where your heart takes you, of at times what we do to our bodies. No, the power of hell is real. Who can save us? Only one, the Lord, the God that we worship, that is of the Bible, that has revealed his son Jesus to us. Only God can save our soul. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. And the soul that sins will die. Whoa. All souls are mine. And again, uh, don't get biased in your understanding of Scripture. Ladies, you do not get a pass, nor do your daughters, right? Um, it wasn't one of these texts that we would read into today from our intelligent understanding say, oh yeah, it's just a chauvinist society. Um, hey, listen, if you want just a chauvinist society, then ladies, you get all free, right? I mean, your soul will never die, right? Your daughter's soul will never die. Your granddaughter's soul will never die. Come on now. I mean, I realize ladies never sin. I realize all the sin is on us guys, right? Amen, dudes? You understand that, right? We can be real for a minute. But ladies, you need to be real too, right? And there's this reality in Scripture that all of us, the souls of men and women, sons and daughters, grandsons, granddaughters, of all of us, they belong to God and every soul is vexed with a problem. Sin, separation from God, our own way that is reflected in our minds in our bodies, and in our hearts. And therefore, the soul is the only aspect of us that can cleanse, change the direction of the rest of that. And that's why we have to understand only God is the one who can fix and cleanse and save our souls. One more passage, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus said this, Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill your soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both your soul and your body in hell. Now you want to talk about a great passage for our generation. Christian, follower of Jesus, do not be afraid of those who might be able to do some type of harm to you mentally, physically, emotionally. Don't fear them. 
Fear the one who actually has the authority to not only destroy all that you know, but also who can cast your soul into a place of eternal separation from him. Now, I realize that right now you're going, and those of you online, you're going, man, I, I was hoping for Joel or, or Stanley or somebody else. It just makes me feel good, right? Um, you've seen what the feel-good world will leave you with. So you better have some substance that makes you you. And the substance that makes you you is not what people see on the outside or not what you portray on your social media. The substance of what makes you you is your soul. And only God can fix your soul. So he's the one that we have to turn to. So how do we do it? You see why it's important. Let me give you four ways on how you can have a healthy soul. And a healthy soul feeds all the rest. Number one, how can I have a healthy soul? I need to find my soul satisfaction in the presence of God. Talk about a play on words. I need to find, you need to find, we need to find our soul satisfaction in the presence of God. Not only do we need to find our soul, S-O-U-L, satisfaction, but the challenge is if you want to have a healthy soul, you need to find your S-O-L-E, your soul satisfaction in the presence of God. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water streams, so my soul longs after you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God. The living God, when shall I come and appear in your presence? Psalm 42 is a fascinating psalm. Uh, for time's sake, I, I could have just done a whole message on Psalm 42. But for this purpose, these two verses are powerful. Um, soul satisfaction. As, as the deer, uh, King James says, as the heart. Um, and then there's this imagery of panting for water. I had this experience uh, on one of my personal getaways. You know that this verse is going to resonate big time with me um, because I, I love to hunt, right? Um, it's a part of my heritage, a part of my DNA. It's a part of my soul experience and health here on this planet. Um, and I had this moment this fall where um, I'm hunting after this particular deer um, and so I'm very selective on the ones that I want to take. And so uh, I'm in this stand, I'm on this trail, and I hear something. And this is during the course of one of the peak breeding moments for the, the bucks and the does. So again, TMI, right? If, if you need somebody to explain that to you, um, yeah, write us a note. I'll tell you about it later. Um, and I hear something coming out of this thick bedding area where I know all of these deer are moving through this area. And so I've got this funnel, I've got this pinch. And it sounds like this human breathing so hard. I've never had this experience. And this was just a couple of months ago. Never had this before. And I literally am like, what is that? And out of this thicket, there appears this set of antlers. Not the one that I'm off after, but impressive nonetheless. This buck coming right down this trail and literally... I've never seen this before, but I got to see it. I actually videoed it. I took out my phone. I'm like, this is so cool. 
and his mouth is open, and his tongue is out. And normally, like, they sneak up on you, and, like, they're like, I see you in the tree. You're stupid. I see you. And, like, I smell you. And, like, they, they have these senses that help them survive. This dude had forgotten about all of his senses. He had forgotten about everything that was around him. He had forgotten about his stealth. And he's loud, and he's breathing, and he needs water. He's thirsty. He's been doing what he does. He's probably been, probably been fighting. He's probably been chasing. He's gone through this whole experience, and I've never seen it in my life. And I couldn't believe how heavy this animal was breathing, that I could hear him way before he got to me, all the way walking under me, all the way past me, all while I'm thinking, you're so lucky you're not the other one because I would smoke you right now. <laughs> but it was such a great experience. Now translate that over to the moments that you pant for God. Have you ever panted from your soul for God? Been so thirsty, not for a drink of water after a long run or after a physical session or, or something, but your soul needed God that much. That's what David describes. And for us to find our soul satisfaction is to find it in the presence of God and to pant for him that much. That's what David is reflecting in Psalm 42. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 25. God says, I will satisfy the weary soul and every languishing soul I will replenish. I mean, he's better than Gatorade. He's one that says... For every soul that is a living being that is weary. Have you ever been weary? Has the world ever beat you down? Yes, of course. Our souls get cluttered. They get distracted. They get dark. They get discouraged. All of these things come against our soul. How do you do that? How do you replenish your soul? In the presence of God, God says, I will satisfy your weariness and your languishing. Your challenge, your difficulty, whatever it is that you're languishing through. I love the power, the imagery of that word. I will replenish you. I will satisfy you. I will fill you up. I will bring you back to full health is what God is saying. That's what happens for a soul that finds its satisfaction in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 107 verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. He satisfies our soul. When we're searching, when we're hungry, he is the one who fills us with good things. It's not the good things that replenish the soul. It is the presence of the Lord. And out of being replenished in the soul with the presence of the Lord, good things begin to happen. But you know where the good things come from. They come from being in the presence of the Lord. And finding our soul satisfaction in the presence of God is a key to a healthy soul. One more verse, Psalm 86 verse 4. Make the soul of your servant joyful. For to you, Lord, I lift up my soul. Psalm 86, verse 4. Where do you find joy? In the presence of the Lord. Where do you find yourself lifted up? In the presence of the Lord. So therefore, how do you have a healthy soul? You find your soul satisfaction 
in the presence of God. Number two, how do you have a healthy soul? Returning to his way and to his word is a way for you to replenish and bring health to your soul. Return to his way and return to his word. Second Chronicles chapter 6, 38 through 39. This is out of a prayer of King Solomon. But the part of the prayer that is interesting is look at what Solomon says. And if they, talking about the people of God, not those who are not the people of God, those who are the people of God, if the people of God turn back to you with all of their heart and their soul in the land of their captivity. So wherever it is you're living, whatever captivity you're feeling, whether it's mental or physical or emotional, if you will turn back with all of your heart and your soul in the land of your captivity where you have been taken and you will pray toward the land that you, God, gave their ancestors, toward the city you have chosen, toward the temple that I have built for your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their pleas and uphold their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. This is Solomon's prayer. And oh, by the way, after this prayer, the temple fills up with the presence of God. Like one of those Old Testament, holy, powerful moments. Why? Because there's something powerful about a soul that returns to the way and the word of the Lord. And when your soul returns to the way and the word of the Lord, the filling, the healing, the power of God comes upon you. And it's an important part of soul health. Isaiah 58, verse 10 and 11. And if you give yourself to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will go forth in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will always, always, always guide you. And he will satisfy you in a sun-scorched land. And he will strengthen your frame. And you will be like a well-watered garden. Like a spring whose waters never fail. In this passage, Isaiah is talking about the people of God. And part of your soul health is doing what God said to do. This is a passage about serving those who could not serve themselves. Responding to those in their deepest moment of need. That's what this passage is talking about. And, and the Lord is saying, when you do that as a child of God, when you respond in the ways of God to the word of God, your soul is going to thrive. Anybody want to thrive? Your soul health is a, a part of it, and therefore returning to his way and his word is how you do it. Let me give you one more, Hebrews 4.12. Wonderful verse, many of you, um, you've memorized this one before. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit. Both joints and marrow. And through his word, he is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. In that passage, Hebrew 4, 4.12, Hebrews 4.12, it shows you that yes, we are physical, we are mental, we are emotional. But it's the word of God speaking to our soul that empowers and equips all the rest to function right. So as a child of God created in the image of God, a believer by faith in the Lord, 
Returning to his way and his word is the way that you get your soul healthy. Number three, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you want a healthy soul, learn to praise the Lord. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, for those of you who are are good church people, maybe good Baptists, I can remember singing this one as a kid, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Yeah, it's scripture. And when you learn to praise the Lord, and, and, and by the way, I know that some of you are going, yep, we need to go back to the hymns. And some of you are going, man, I love the new music. Listen, just bless the Lord. Stop fighting stuff that doesn't matter. That's one thing I've learned about COVID. And I'm, well, let me get off my soapbox, but I'm tired of fighting battles that don't matter, right? What matters is bless the Lord. If you will bless the Lord, what ministers to you? I did a funeral for a dear lady whose husband passed to the pandemic. And at the funeral, at the service, she wanted hymns. Bless the Lord. Because that gives her something to hold on to. But there are other people who have gone through something and they want a praise song. Bless the Lord. Just bless the Lord and stop fighting over things that don't matter. When your soul begins to praise the Lord, you get a healthy soul. And your soul is the key to everything else. Psalm 116, verse 7. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. How do you find rest for your soul? By praising the Lord. Lord, you have dealt bountifully with me. How has the Lord dealt bountifully with you? Let's let's stop talking about how he hasn't. And let's start talking about how he has. Because when you praise the Lord for what he has done bountifully, then your soul gets lifted. You get stronger. You get healthier in your soul. Even Mary, the holy virgin Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. After understanding all that she would be as a servant to God. To bring forth life to the one who would save her soul. She said this, my soul magnifies the Lord. And there's this whole song recorded in the Gospel of Luke that she writes, my soul magnifies the Lord. If you want a healthy soul, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Fourth and last, and we're out of time, so thank you for being patient for those of you who are online. But I want to give you this because I think this will help you have a healthy soul. Rest in your relationship with Jesus. Remember, only God can save a soul. And how did God set a pathway to save your soul? He sent his son Jesus. The proud, their soul is not right within them. But those who are right with God, they live not by pride, but by faith. And Where do you place your faith? When you place your faith in your relationship with Jesus, your soul begins to get healthy to experience a soul healing. And it's because of Jesus that your soul can find rest both in this world and in eternity. And there are a few things that are written in the Gospels that are important. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Come to me. 
all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, says Jesus. I am gentle and humble in heart. And you, when you come to me, Jesus says that, when you come to me, and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus said that. So how do you find soul health? You're going to rest in Jesus because Jesus even said, come to me all ye who are weary, burdened, heavy laden. Have you ever been that? And the invitation Jesus gives is open to anyone. Not based on where you've been, what you've done, what you're walking through. None of that. Not based on your own righteousness, which doesn't exist. But based on who he is, he says, just come on. All of you who want to, if you're weary and you're burdened and you're beat down and you're dark, come to me. And you will find rest for your soul. He goes on and he expresses in that passage that it is the faith in him that does bring the salvation to our souls. And that's how people experience real life, soul health. But I want to give you one final one. From the Apostle Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, he writes this, Though you have not seen him, talking about Jesus, Simon Peter saying to people kind of like you and I, Though you haven't seen Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. So even Simon Peter would write to those post this ascension of Jesus into heaven. People then and people today. People like me. People like you. People like us. He would write and say. You are receiving and experiencing because you love him even though you haven't seen him. You know he's with you even though you may not understand it today. You have placed your faith in him. And as a result of your faith in Jesus, you are experiencing the salvation of your soul. So a healthy soul is one that finds their satisfaction in the presence of God. A healthy soul is one who returns to his way and his word. A healthy soul is one that makes an effort to praise the Lord. And a healthy soul is one that rests in their relationship with Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart but love the Lord your God with all of your soul for your soul is the most vital component of who you are and everything else in your life flows from that so is your soul right with God not because you're in church today or you're online no is your soul right with God do you have a soul-satisfying, a soul-saving relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ? Because if you want your soul to be at peace and then the rest of your life to flow from that, it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, the soul Savior. If you need that today, I, I want to invite you to ask Him for that. Jesus said, come unto me, all you weary learn from me and I will give you something he said the salvation of your soul will you bow your heads and can we pray together for this moment and perhaps right now as you take assessment of your soul health 
you're doing business with God and you would say right now in this moment, I need soul satisfaction in Jesus alone. Then I want to invite you to pray that. God, right now, I know that deep down inside of my being, I need you. I need healing. I need health. I need salvation. So right now, I exchange my pride for humility of faith. Save my soul. And do it because of what you've offered through Jesus. And today, Jesus, save me. That is the prayer of your heart today, both in this room or online. You are on the pathway toward soul health. And I encourage you, let us know about that. Let us help you in that journey of soul health. But I want to speak in one final moment to all of you who are already believers, children of God by faith in Jesus. Those of you who have already taken that step, but maybe your soul has gotten dark, dirty, cluttered. You know what to do. Take a moment right now and in the silence of your soul, ask God to cleanse you. Father, I thank you for the power of a healthy soul. And today, would you use your word to cleanse your children through the power of Jesus and in his name. Amen. It's helpful, isn't it? This is your playbook for success in 2021 and beyond. This is how you as a child of God will thrive. And so I want to thank you for being attentive. I want to thank you online for going a little bit longer with us today. But I believe these words will change your life. Amen. They will help you have a healthy heart and a healthy soul. And you are going to thrive, not just survive. You are going to thrive as a child of God. And that's what I want for all of you. That's what I want for you today. That's what it's about. And it matters. Your soul matters to God. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. We are working on some things behind the scenes, so I ask for your patience. Um, we had a phenomenal 2020, and I want to praise God for that. We have some challenges that we are tackling, and we have some teams and some people that are working on some facility items that we're going to continue to fix and repair. Thank you for those of you online who have been faithful, by the way, and you've sent gifts to make sure that we know that you're there and that you still believe in this church and God's work in your life while you were here in New Orleans. Thank you for being faithful with that through your tithes and your offerings. I am encouraged because I know that God's people with healthy hearts and healthy souls can accomplish things that this world just will not give us. We will see things that God will do because he's God. He will do miracles like for those of you right now in the hospital that we're praying for. You're going to see the salvation of God in the land of the living. That's what we're praying for. That's who we are. So I encourage you to back in over the next few weeks. Next week we're going to talk about heart, soul, and what? Mind. How do you take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? Do you realize your thoughts will determine the course of your life? How you've thought about the world in the last season determines a lot about your health. So how do you take every thought captive? We're going to talk about that next week because that is a part of a healthy you. Until I see you all again, whether in the room 
or online. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he show you grace. May he give you peace. And may you have a healthy heart and a healthy soul. God bless you all. Thank you.